Here we go again, the Christmas period. You're probably listening to this podcast as a way to escape your aunt that keeps repeating the same story about her niece or a cousin that's trying to tell you about his level 58 Paladin in World Classic. So put on these overpriced, noise-canceling headphones you got yourself for Black Friday on and grab a cup of cocoa by the chimney because in today's episode, we tell you all about our year, what we learned, what we're proud of, and what we fucked up badly. So let's get started. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. No hype, no BS, no censorship. Just real-life online marketing tactics. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Authority Hacker Podcast. This is the last episode of the year. So in today's episode, I'm not going to ask Mark how it's going. I'm just to explain to you why I'm asking every single time. How is it going, Mark? It's kind of a beam at this point. But the truth is, we kind of have these notes for the podcast on a tool called Dynalist that we highly recommend for you to brief your content. And every time we have a section for the intro and we never write anything in the intro, we always work out all like the actual points of the podcast, etc. And we just get started with the podcast and the notes are not ready. So kind of a, as a way to punish Mark for not preparing it. And I mean, I didn't prepare either, but at least I get to speak first. Then that's why I kind of like ask, how's it going, Mark? So yeah, sorry, Mark. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going? It's going good. It's also sounding particularly good today because there's been a development, a podcasting development. We have both upgraded our setups, our tech setups. For the last couple of years, I think we're using Rode Podcaster USB microphones, which are excellent, excellent sort of entry to mid-level mics. But now we are using Joe Rogan's mic, apparently. I mean, not the actual mic Joe Rogan uses, but like the same model at least. Yeah, I think like your voice sounds like uh, was a little bit a little bit deeper, like it's a bit more depth. It's like on the go, so it's, it's kept working. <laughs> we could probably have applied some like chip filter on the voice and get the same result, but we like to spend money on this kind of stuff. So we just did it, and yeah, let us know what you think of the new microphone setup. If you hate it, if you're on the old ones back, or if this is working for you. Just an FYI, there may be one or two interviews which we've recorded this year in 2019, which are actually coming out next year in 2020. If there's a few episodes where the audio shifts back, don't worry, we haven't abandoned this setup. It's just the, the order of sequencing for us recording. Yeah, you know, one part that I like about these new microphones is that the old microphones were white on the black microphone arm and that like like really messed up with my OCD and especially the cable that was white. Like at least now I'm looking at the image now, we're actually like on Zoom right now and seeing each other. And like black on black, it looks much better, you know? Just wanna say, that's the best part of this whole setup for me. Black on black, you heard it here first. Anyway, <laughs> let's get started with the podcast. So actually in this podcast, we are going to be doing a bit of a recap of the year, you know, last podcast of the year, kind of reflecting what happened, what didn't happen, what we learned, what we wish we did, we didn't do as well. It's basically an extended version of how's it going, Mark? Like we're actually going to get a full episode answer for how things are going uh, in the world of Authority Hacker and, and our other sites as well. Yeah, maybe that should be the title of the episode, although nobody's going to click. Although, I don't know, maybe we should try. Let's see. At this point, you've clicked already. Anyway, let's get started with the podcast. We're going to start with how we change the way we build sites and like kind of like the, the overall lessons in terms of like building sites, getting traffic, SEO, etc. So one thing that has been clear this year is that Google has, there's been a ton, right? This year, Google has sent less traffic to websites than they have sent the year prior. And that's the first time in history that this has ever, ha ever happened. 
and so as a result, like it's true, like and even if you haven't been hit by an algo update or anything like that, just because of the fact that there's more featured snippets, there's more of these things on the subs that take clicks away, most sites are getting less clicks unless they've been able to essentially fight against the tide, you know? And it's like organic traffic has been a recessing. I actually expect that there will be still less organic traffic next year. I don't expect it to go super down like crazy. But, you know, for two or three years, it's quite possible that the organic traffic would decrease quite a bit still, especially we talked about this in the prediction podcast that like Google has a bunch of big fines coming, so they might try to monetize subs, et cetera. So it's something that we've questioned a lot, like how do we diversify away from organic traffic? Because it's been so good for so many years. And it's still, in my opinion, the best source of traffic. Like I don't say it's dead or anything like that. I'm just saying it's slightly less good than it used to be. And the numbers back it up. I would even say this is more of a, blessing in disguise like we got so reliant and dependent on just growing organic growing lots of organic traffic we became very good at it i'm sure a lot of people listening are also very good at it but when you're hyper focused on just traffic 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 you kind of forget what the end goal is to an extent of of making money at least in, in most cases and so you you kind of when traffic starts to not drop, but when when it starts to stop increasing so quickly or when Google starts to change their SERPs around and you start getting actually less traffic for the same ranking positions or whatnot, then it, it can be a good thing to actually say, okay, well, how do we actually start monetizing our traffic better? And then when you get into that focus and you're trying to do that more and more and more, you can have some amazing results. And, and we've seen that ourselves on, on a few of our sites over the, over the past few years, Authority Hacker in particular, I'd say. Yeah, it's like you focus on on like converting people better, giving a better experience, retaining people, that kind of stuff, like building email lists. I have spent a lot of time working on paid traffic actually this year. I got decent at it. Like I wouldn't say like I'm, I'm a guru at, a, at paid traffic, but I'm pretty good now. I get it quite well. I can hang out with the big guys basically, but it's been fun actually to learn that and to like uh, change horizons a bit. Doesn't mean I stopped SEO. I still did all this SEO stuff. I mean, if you've been to Chiang Mai, obviously I've shot quite a few SEO things that we've been working on. Another thing that I've kind of like, we kind of like assimilated as well is that a large volume of low DR links works really well for sites for a while, like till like your DR 50, 55, I would say ish, like to, to gain rankings quite fast. But past that point, we've kind of assimilated that uh, focusing on the high quality links and like high DR links felt like it had the most lift in terms of organic rankings. So we've kind of like shifted from like being pure large volume of like average quality links, I would say like they weren't bad, but they weren't always on the best, most authority sites to still having that, that for like sites that are like kind of like starting up, as I said, around below the 50-55. But after that, really kind of like shifting the gears towards like the Haro stuff. That's why we talked a lot about it. And like maybe like super high quality guest posting and this kind of like relationship building stuff, because we found it to move the needle more in terms of organic traffic. So yeah, I guess it's like a shift that we've made this year. Do you want to say anything about that? Because you've worked a lot on Inglewing. There's like a mental model evolving here and it's not such a hard and fast rule, but we're focusing more on whatever the site we're working on's DR is. So if it's uh, zero, then, well, I'll tell you the rule first. Whatever the site's DR is, just focus on getting links from sites which are higher DR than your site. So if your DR zero, get links from anyone, it will help. If you're DR 75, as Authority Hacker is right now, 
then we're focusing on the the 75 plus. And that's not like, a, oh, we're never, we're not going to get links from anyone else. We do build links from other sites and if it's super relevant, especially. So it's not a hard and fast rule, but it's just kind of like a, a bit of a mental model that we ask ourselves when we're, we're constructing new, new campaigns. That's not how Google works, but it's a good guideline to get closer to what Google expects from your site. I, I mean, at least to what signals tell Google to rank your site higher. Like, I, I don't think it's like hurting if you have a DR3 link from a relevant site. I just think it doesn't move the needle very much, you know? If you're a high DR already, yeah. If you're a brand new site, it definitely helps a lot. So. Yeah, I mean, like we've seen it, like on brand new sites, like getting like a bunch of like even, you know, DR20 links really pushes the rankings up. But after a certain point, then it, it, it works less, basically. Let's talk about, about the rest, which is writing content, similar content to what ranks. So like, I'd say at the beginning of the year, we, we were still in that mentality of like trying to outdo competitors and like creating great stuff. And to be honest, like I wish it was still the case. I kind of enjoyed that meta, most effective tactic available. I'm just going to start throwing gaming stuff into the SEO world. I kind of enjoy that more. But the truth is we found that what works better is to at least match the search intent of the query. So like, you know, if, if it's a bunch of list posts ranking, write a list post. If it's a how-to tutorial ranking, write a tutorial, etc. And really search intent has been really, really strong this year. And it feels like it's getting stronger and stronger by every update that Google rolls out. So you can't just like create something amazing and rank. You actually need to create something amazing that fits the guidelines that essentially Google sets for each search query, which is a lot more restricting. And sometimes it's quite difficult to like outdo the competition when you are so constrained by like our oh, number of words and like a uh, keyword density and stuff like that. But that's, it seems to be what Google wants. So we have shifted our processes editorially quite a bit towards that. And some stuff that used to be sluggish is working a lot better now. So we've kind of switched on that. Like any comments on this point or? No, not really. Okay. The next one is a feature snippet sniping. So it's one of the things like, it's like, I've seen that a lot. Like we were like number two or three, no feature snippet. And then basically I've learned how to pick up feature snippets by like modeling what is ranking already. Usually like QO stuff in your H2s works really well as well. <laughs> Probably shouldn't say that, but it works really well. Like basically having your keyword like in a bunch of the H2s and so on, it works better. But like I've seen pages get three, four times more traffic just by picking up the feature snippet. And what it does, the feature snippet is actually, it makes small query is viable for decent amount of traffic. You know, like a query that doesn't necessarily have a lot of search traffic because essentially what it does is it sends so much more traffic to position one. Even if a query has like two, 300 searches a month, you actually get with all the long tail, with all of that, et cetera, you, you can get like thousands of clicks on like one page that is aiming at a 200, 300 searches per month keyword if you get to the feature snippet on the main keyword. So that is something that we have started to incorporate. And, you know, several technical things have derived from that, like the way we write H2s, for example, as I said, like uh, inserting keywords and looking at how competitors write H2s, especially the people who have the feature snippet. So, you know, when you brief your article, it's a good idea to think that, to think about that. The HTML structure as well. I talked about this in Chiang Mai, but basically, like uh, I've I've had the same page. One had like some weird divs all around, and one didn't. And then just by fixing the the div issues, I was able to capture a bunch of feature snippets. Like basically, clean HTML is very important for that. Just to add into this, so I know Gail's mentioned Chiang Mai a couple of times. It's not just a random city in Thailand, but he's talking about, of course, the Chiang Mai SEO conference where he gave a, a talk earlier this year, a couple months ago. And actually there's a lot of like really interesting stuff about feature snippets and how he 
got a feature snippet in 20 minutes during one experiment, how, how he did all that. So we're actually going to be packaging up that presentation in like a webinar at some point. I think that's probably going to be exclusive for H Pro members or something. We haven't quite decided yet, but if you're wondering what that voice talking about, that's that's what it is. We might make a podcast on the topic as well at some point, but basically picking up feature snippets while being able to essentially focus on like lower search volume queries, which are less competitive is quite interesting because you need to be like top four basically to pick up a feature snippet. So you can pick a low competition query, get top four, and then snipe the feature snippet and actually get a decent amount of traffic, which often ends up being more traffic than a bigger query where you end up like top three not having the feature snippet. So it changed the, the rationale of picking keywords a little bit. And talking about the rationale of picking keywords, I think also like the big, uh, and we're going to have a full podcast on this sometime in January, is the search volume not being a reliable metric anymore. I think search volume is kind of useless. You know, actually, uh, Neil Patel just released click data into Ubersuggest, actually. So what we use instead of search volume is we use, we use click data from Clickstream which was essentially mostly only offered by Ahrefs. I mean, I think there's a few other tools that have it. But click data was much more important because let's say if you Google like how old is Donald Trump, you get like thousands of searches, but very few clicks because the feature snippet is going to answer the question. So finding the queries where people click on the results regardless of the results in the feature snippet is very important. And the search volume just doesn't mean much anymore. It's more about, about that data. So at, some, at that point, when I did the presentation in Chiang Mai SEO, I said, actually, Ahrefs is like kind of like the only reliable tool that offers it. I don't know if Neopata heard it, but literally last week, they released uh, click data in, for free in uh, Ubersuggest, actually. So I'm, I'm really impressed with like how well they've been developing that tool, considering it's free as well. It's pretty crazy. Remember how we were like, ah, oh, he will never do it, etc. Actually, it's pretty good. <laughs> like, actually, another wrong prediction, you know. But yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. If you suggest it, like, I think it will never reach Ahrefs level. So I think if you're like an elite level SEO, you will always kind of like have to pay for Ahrefs. It's not for that though. It's like it's for the people who don't want to spend 170 bucks in Ahrefs or whatever, and uh, who 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 just want something to like kind of get started with. But the fun part is like uh, he intends to use that to sell his consulting services, which are really expensive. So it's kind of a weird one. It's a bit of a mismatch, right? I know it's a bit of a mismatch, though. It's like a tool for beginners, but he intends to attract high quality clients. Probably another podcast. Let's focus on that. Anyway, the learning here was like basically focus on click data, not search volume. Search volume is a rubbish metric in 2019, now 2020, because so many searches have no clicks anymore, basically. It's, It's the truth. That's also coming together with like Google sending less search traffic and so on. So yeah, I would say that's the learnings from this year. The rest, you know, more or less stayed the same, like content creation, building links, you know, making sure your site technical side is not terrible. Yeah, that's basically it really. Let's talk about what we actually did this year in terms of like sites and then Autoy Hacker and everything, right? So if we start in January, we actually had uh, that site that we sold. We made a case study post, so if you haven't read it, I think most people who listen to this podcast probably have read this one, but if you haven't yet, it is on the homepage on Autoy Hacker. It's like uh, autoyhacker.com slash how to sell your business with like dashes in between. And yeah, we sold that site for like mid six figures. It was a good one. I kind of enjoyed the niche. I was a little bit sad to let it go, but actually looking back now, almost a year after, that site actually has doubled the amount of traffic. The new owner has done really well, which I'm, I'm really happy for him, to be honest. I would hate to like sell a site and then it just tanked with like the next update or something, which I think happened to a lot of people who bought site this year. So I'm pretty happy that it went well. I'm happy we built a good base and like we essentially like good people to work with in terms of buying sites. It was a fun project to work, work on for a while, especially as it started taking off. The whole thing lasted only 18 months. 
But as soon as it started taking off, I remember the days when it was it was way more exciting to make ten dollars on the, that site than it was to make a hundred dollars on Authority Hacker. I remember at the time. I I think we did a launch for like tasks and it was a system or something. It's like I it made decent money, but like, and then we made like ten times less money with that site, and we were like all focused on that site and like super excited about it, etc. This was a bit of a problem, though, like because it was definitely was like pulling a lot of our energy from other projects, like on onto that one specifically. And part of the reason we actually decided to sell it, we remember talking about this in this podcast last year, is because of that kind of the, the need to focus on that to take it to the next level like the people who were in the next kind of uh, plateau above us were really they had big teams and they were really like going hard into the niche we didn't really have the bandwidth or the the focus to uh to be able to do that it would have meant you know giving up authority hacker or something and that's not really what we we're prepared to do yeah basically authority hacker was dying if we did that it was this authority hacker we decided to like fix authority hacker instead we'll talk about this a little bit later we could have kept it as well and, and just sort of let it go, but it is in a very competitive niche. So you need to keep, it's one of those ones you need to really keep working on it a lot. It's so. probably one of the top three hottest niches, according to like some people we know. So it's like, yeah, it was a tough niche. I'm pretty happy of the run we had and how quickly we grew it, given the level of competition as well. So that was fun. Anyway, this site was gone. It was great. Like, you know, like basically arriving uh, beginning of January, already mid six figures for the year. That was always nice. Then we actually planned to start some size, but we, we didn't. Well, that's not entirely true. We, we did start one. Yeah. We had three in the planning phase and two kind of got killed off. One for maybe it wasn't like it wasn't a big enough opportunity. And the other was maybe too big of a too big, big of an undertaking. We started one and we ran it for like four or five months. But it was actually in a very similar space to Authority Hacker. There was a, a bit of overlap. And the idea was that uh, we, we knew a bunch of keywords that were doing well. Why don't we dominate page one, have another site in there? We can use all our knowledge, use know which affiliate programs work, all this kind of stuff. But essentially what it did, and this is, this is a, a recurring theme you'll see in, in a lot of the discussions we're having about stuff that happened this year, is it split our focus too much again. And we ended up doing stuff on that site, which we weren't even doing on Authority Hacker, which if we did do an Authority Hacker would have significantly moved the needle. So I'm talking like on-page SEO stuff and we're a lot better at that now, but at the time we were kind of lagging a bit in, in, in that area. So we ended up canning that site in, I think it was May, and we merged it into Authority Hacker. So some of the content got, got ported over. That's the thing. We put like five times less effort into the same keywords on Atari Hacker, and we still increase affiliate revenue by a decent margin this year. So yeah, it's like basically we like we kind of move merge it in there, and Atari Hacker start ranking for these keywords. You know, you can check it in Ahrefs. Yeah, and it, it actually worked with less effort. So that was kind of like a, a refocus of resources. So it ended up like keeping what we have, and that's it. However, two and a half, three months ago, I've actually picked up back up the old case study site for the authority site system. So if you know, the authority site system is like our course for beginners, but in that course, we build a site from scratch. And there has been two main versions of that course. And the first version of that course, essentially, we had one site. And when we refilmed it, we essentially built another site because it made, made no sense to work on the same site and rebuild it. So we essentially had two sites that were in a toy site system, but one of them was not even in videos anymore. So I picked that one up. If you're an HPro, you know which one it is because I'm using it in the blueprints right now. But I've picked that up. I've, we've actually hired like a, a professional, like someone that's really, really qualified for the niche uh, in that niche. And we're 
we're writing a lot of content right now. Like in Asana, we have like around 30 pieces of content ready to publish. And uh, I expect that by end of February, March, we'll have around 100 done. So we're going to grow that site nicely. Like it's it's basically rolling. So I'm quite excited for it. That site is already ranking for a bunch of queues. Was making decent money this summer, to be honest. Surprisingly, given the, the, the little amount of work that we put in it. So I'm quite excited for this niche, actually. It's a, it's a fun niche. H Pro members and ta- old task members know what it is. The other ones, well, I'm not going to show it because I'm actually going to work in it. That's one of the interesting things about this one. It's like because it's it's not public, but semi-public. Yeah, we can kind of like share a little bit more about what we're doing as we're doing it in our courses. So that's kind of fun if you're a member. Yeah, so I've been working on this. It's been great. And actually, we have another project that's also lined up with uh, Alpha Investors. So if you don't know Alpha Investors, they actually just launched some kind of a marketplace as well. I think they're kind of like becoming brokers as well. And so they also have like a done-for-you affiliate site service. And honestly, usually I'm quite careful with these things. I find that most of them are terrible. But like, I haven't used the service yet, so don't take this as a full recommendation. But they offered to actually give us a free site to build it completely for us. I think it's like 50 or 60 articles, basically an authority site system site. And their samples looked actually quite good, to be honest, like quite close to like the stuff that we would build on the authority site system. So uh, we're going to do it. We're actually going to take them on the offer. I've, I've been researching the niche recently. I'm pretty sure what I'm going to do. And the point is, like, we want to start being on YouTube next year. So I kind of, I'll probably just share that site publicly after a few months. What I'm probably going to do is I'm probably going to use that site to, like, mystery shop a bunch of services first so that I can do, like, some content around that. So I'm not, I'm not going to say what it is yet. It's like once I have done a bunch, then I'm going to be able to reveal that site. And I intend to actually use it as like kind of like a site that we can guinea pig services on or like tools, WordPress plugins, that kind of stuff and create content around that. So I've been doing that market research on that. Yeah, I'm excited to see like what Alpha Investor comes up with. These guys seem like, you know, I've seen a lot of people trying these kind of services. I'm looking forward to see what they do. The samples look pretty good. And uh, I'm looking forward to have a guinea pig to site to just share publicly, basically. So um, that's two projects that we're working on right now, actually. And you can you can kind of see the the strategy here is becoming a little bit more integrated. Whereas three four years ago, we had several different sites all independent of each other, not really related, not really supporting each other. The process of like building these sites is now actually feeding in quite well to Authority Hacker, both in our premium content and in future on YouTube and probably the blog as well, probably talk about that site here in the podcast from time to time as well. But it gives us more, I guess, like tactile feel of like what's going on at the the lower end of the market and also provides us with a lot of content to to share with you guys as well. Yeah, I like I like it. I mean I'm quite enjoying the old task site, like the one I'm working on right now with the writer. It's like it's a niche that like I would never get in by myself. But like as I'm actually like as we're actually like putting the content together, etc. It's quite technical and stuff. I quite enjoy it. As you know, like we've spent the last three days with Mark just setting up technical stuff in his place so he starts to know. I don't mind it's fun starting a new site from scratch because I think it's just so much more simple with a big stage three authority site like authorityhacker.com. You know, there's so many moving parts and you, you just kind of like get a bit sucked in to the, the day-to-day stuff. And it's hard to kind of like see the big picture, at least at least for me, like working day-to-day. But whenever you start a new site, it's like, it's so simple. There's only a few posts and you're able to like really affect big change quickly and and see like big big spikes of growth that are crazy meaningful very early on so yeah 
What I really enjoy as well, it's like, you know, when you have an existing site, like you, there's a lot of regrets, right? Like as you go, it is like, oh, I wish I did this instead. I wish we did this differently. I would use this plugin instead of this, etc. When you start a new site, you just get to implement all of this right away and get the benefits. And it's quite exciting as well to do that. So yeah, it's quite fun to be honest. Like uh, I can see already, like I'll make a video on this. So I'm not going to reveal it on this podcast here, but we're testing a bunch of like site speed stuff, etc. It's like doing really well right now. And I can see like that side is just like running when I put it on that on that stuff. So I'm excited for this. It's gonna be fun. But now that we've talked about like uh, random sites and projects, Autoria site projects, etc., I want to talk about Autoria Hacker because let's be honest, it's been our main main focus this year. We still did a lot like after we sold that site. Like it's funny, like we did that kind of like site we abandoned, but kind of like built into its own project. But at the same time, we focused like that made us focus more on Atari Hacker, and that allowed us to do some things that we wanted to do for a long time, like fixing the courses, for example. I think the courses were good, but we knew we could do better. But to do better, it, it takes a lot of time, and you can see like we're upgrading the production level, we're doing all of that, so it's still rolling. But that allowed us to to focus on that, which I think how many videos we recorded over two hundred. Over 200 videos this year and like 130 of them in a seven-week period from August to October. So it was mental, yeah. That was difficult. I think, yeah, it's like now we're kind of like reaching the end of a, of a sprint, basically. Like we started the end of August when we like decided to update Autoria Hacker Pro. Then we updated it. We launched Autoria Hacker Pro again after two years plus. Not here. A lot of people joined in, so like probably a lot of people that uh, got in are also listening to this podcast. So thank you guys. I hope you're enjoying the community and the courses. We are taking a bit of a end of the year break right now because otherwise we're going to explode. But uh... we're, well, that's not actually true. Like we're, we're not actually taking a break because I am actually working on, I've just finished refilming the task link building module. So that is coming out probably that's definitely by first uh, of january but, but sometime between christmas and new year uh, completely reshot from scratch new tactics loads of new stuff in there uh, even a new tool which is which is kind of interesting so you look out for that but uh, again that's not a new thing we're just updating existing content because you gotta especially in this industry you gotta keep everything updated to keep with the times otherwise it just gets outdated and your your course dies very quickly and we we want ours to live for a very very long time yeah, we promise free updates for life and we try to actually do it, which uh, like I don't think a lot of competitors do. But I mean, a lot of competitors promise it, but just don't update. We try to spend a lot of time updating. Uh, I actually also have a new blueprint for Toy Hacker Pro that's like two-thirds brainstormed, basically. I'm doing a lot of tests, a lot of testing, experiments, etc. So I can try like field stuff as well. So yeah, there is stuff coming up. It's just like, you know, in the last months, maybe there hasn't been any premium content. But that's because we were traveling, we were in Chiang Mai, we were doing all these things. And... But we've planned a bunch of stuff for the beginning of next year. So that is basically what happened with the premium content. We also released, uh, no, actually we released Shotgun Skyscraper Blueprint. Yep. Back in May as well. That was huge as well. Yeah. That helped a lot of people zinc building. We got like really uh, good testimonials on that as well. Actually, the way we got testimonials is where this Chiang Mai SEO conference, which I highly recommend you go if you want to attend a live event. I think it's probably the most relevant to people who listen to this podcast. It is in Thailand. So if you live in the US, it's a bit far. But it's kind of fun to go to Thailand, to be honest. Go early as well. So we're going to be there next year in 2020 for sure. But I don't think we're going to speak there just um, just kind of as attendees. But we're going to organize a few events for Authority Hacker members and, and maybe some subscriber ones as well in the days leading up to it. So arrive a week early or so and uh, we'll, we'll be organizing some, some stuff. It was really fun to meet everyone face to face 
there and just the impromptu lunches and random meetups that, that happened were, were really cool. You know what blew me away is that we had 75 age pro members in Chiang Mai actually which was like I, I mean I expect you know I think like last year there was some but like no way there was 75 last year it's like this community this community has grown like really fast and and the thing is like it's been it's kind of like the mentality that it, it's adopted like it's not our, it's not because of us it's literally because of the people that are inside the community of like organizing events with each other and like helping each other building mini masterminds with each other etc and i've been really impressed with the members overall and like the kind of like the sharing mentality that there is that you might not find anywhere else in i mean you can probably find it in other places in online marketing but on public groups etc it's a little bit more difficult to get that so yeah i've been really impressed with that and we heard the story of a bunch of age pro members we've recorded more than 20 of them and uh, the point the plan is to kind of like share them throughout next year probably so we need to edit the videos we have 180 gigabytes of <laughs> of video files it was such an intense couple of days filming that as well just because it was it was literally like one after the other after the other but it was like, I mean, it sounds cheesy, but like I got a little bit emotional when I was doing it. It was, it was really, really cool. This is when we did a podcast editor to put some like emotional music <laughs> in the background when you say that, you know? It was really, really cool to, uh, to hear some of the stories of just like some people had some like pretty shitty lives before. And now like the stuff they're doing is just it's incredible. And it's just like, it makes me all warm and fuzzy inside to, to hear those stories. So that's cool. So I think it's like, just for that, I think I'm happy we did what we did, like uh, selling that site, fixing authority hacker, kind of like focusing on, on re-engaging the community, repushing stuff, adding content, uh, doing all these things. Uh, I'm pretty happy. I quite enjoyed it. And uh, I'm happy that it made a difference in the lives of people. Yes, it, it also made us money when we sold authority hacker pro. I'm not going to pretend that. Yes, but like, it's been fun. Like it's, it's, I've actually enjoyed it. I love talking to, I talk to like a lot of H4 members on Facebook all the time and so on. And, and I know people do the same with other members, you know? There's a lot that's also gone on behind the scenes that you, you don't really see day to day. So for example, our support team is now like just so hyper efficient. It's ridiculous. We moved over to a tool called Help Scout and that has made a big difference in our support performance. So the average time it takes you to get an answer during business hours, Monday, Friday in uh, Europe where we're based is four hours now to get a, a response from support. It was several days uh, at the start of this time last year. So We've, we've made big improvements on that. The whole thing's more efficient. We're just getting better at welcoming people to, to the course. So everyone, every single person that buys our course gets a personalized video message now when they check out. Well, a couple of days after usually. But we also spend a lot of time learning about how to better give better experiences to people, to new customers. So a lot of traditional marketing and sales is focused on just getting people over the line to the point where they buy. But we're kind of changing philosophy a bit to, to really put more emphasis now on what happens after someone buys. So the the onboarding experience, the first hundred days, how can we over deliver in every way? How and can we make sure people like use the calls and get results as well? Like and like you know, support people inside the support section and on the Facebook group and on like a bunch of places basically. And this is not just uh, when someone's like, oh, how do I log in kind of support, but actually like figuring out where they got to and reminding them, hey, you started this. Do you want to continue this? And there's also sort of technical things we can do behind there. But it's just there's been a big philosophy shift in our company about giving people good experiences. Yeah, it's, it's been interesting. It's definitely like not SEO, but it's been quite interesting. 
talking about the team actually like it's something that we kind of like I, I would say we didn't do very good at it so we focused so much on like doing stuff and we've done a lot of stuff ourselves that we haven't like the team hasn't grown and it's not very big compared to like how much revenue we make in total from like all the sources of revenue that we have basically this is an interesting one this is all a pro and a con because i wouldn't say it's a good thing to have a big team just to have a big team that's a definitely bad thing and it's usually usually a waste but we, we've kind of gone the other way too much. So in the past, in our, our agency or even at previous times in, in the current iteration of our company, we've had, I think, too many people for the size of where we're at. We were always trying to use those people to grow, but then we weren't managing them properly. We didn't have the systems and processes in place to make sure everyone was like pushing full steam or pushing towards the same goal. And we're just kind of a little bit weak at the people management side of things, I would say. It's definitely, I mean... I wouldn't say we're experts by any means, but it's, it's getting better. Considering we have such a small team at the moment, we're actually getting a lot of work out of everyone. So people are now working really efficiently from you know the writers and the editorial and the new editorial system to the guys on support and everyone in between. Like It's a really efficient company at the moment. And, and I like that a lot. Um, but just because we have so few people, it's limiting us in terms of the things we can do. And there are certain times when, for example, we're doing a big launch and people have to drop other things they're doing to, to focus on that. And that's, you know, obviously sacrificing some growth to an extent. Even the link building, like, you know, it's like when we try to link build multiple sites, et cetera, for example, it gets tricky because of that, you know? So yeah, it's like, it's something that we need to like catch back up on. It's kind of like on our to-do list for next year. We already have like a round of recruiting going right now. At the same time, we want to be careful because normally what we've done in the past is we've just been like, oh, let's just hire a bunch of people and like try and take the world on. We are hiring more people and we're starting to do that right now, actually. And next year, early next year, there'll be a role which maybe some people who are listening to this might be interested in. We'll be hiring a, a full-time SEO person to do SEO for, for Authority Hacker. Not because we can't do it, because we just don't have time for it. And it's like, it, like we are running a lot of multi, like multiple projects, et cetera. And so we need someone to just take responsibility, but they'd be basically working with us and, you know, like managing the day-to-day -day basically. But yeah, I'm actually looking forward to have that role because like there's so many low-hanging fruits on, on stuff, like on every project that we're working on that it's like, it's ridiculous. Like it's going to be fun actually. So yeah, I think that is like definitely a minus. But it's mostly because we've focused on like creating so much stuff this year that we didn't have to like we didn't have that we we improved a lot of skills in like content creation and like even in terms of like SEO figuring out a bunch of stuff etc. That and we were so focused on that that we never took the time to stop and be like okay let's put someone else to actually run the show. And it's kind of like hitting us a bit right now in the sense that it's just like we have a massive to do list and we don't have the the manpower to execute it as fast as we'd like it to as we'd like to execute it it's kind of funny right and we have that and then we have like a bunch of money like we could spend a bunch of money on stuff but we just can't make it happen because we don't have the people you know so yeah i think it's good that we did everything we did this year but there was a cost to it which was not growing the team fast enough which is now going to hit us a little bit in terms of growth because we need to pause, we need to hire people we need to onboard them train them etc and then things can like grow again you know so yeah, I would say there's a plus and a minus to this, but it is what it is. And if you run a business, I'm sure you've been in that situation many times, all the opposite, too many people, not enough work kind of stuff. We've all, also been there. Um, so it happens. It's, it's running a company. It's not smooth and easy, basically. 
I'll talk about the blog as well. Actually, this year is the year where we've published the most blog posts since the first year of Atari Hacker. Actually, we've published 60, 61 new blog posts. They are not they are not all public blog posts. We kind of have like we're basically like when we publish support content, we're not gonna like email the list for it, etc. But we do things like you know, like single reviews of tools that we don't necessarily use, for example, etc. And in that case, like we try the tool, etc. But it's not as in depth as like a tool we've used for like three years or something. And it's like so, like we'll, we'll publish that because it's it's interesting to like compare it with the tools we use and so on. But we won't necessarily like email the list. It's more of like an SEO play and so on. But this year we've released around sixty-one new blog posts. We've updated more than twenty articles. And we've actually recruited quite a few people in the editorial as well. Like, I think that's the part of the team that grew this year. That's probably the only part of the team. Uh, with the one designer, I think, that we hired this year that did really well as well. And yeah, so like we have a bunch of uh, people who can write content for us. It's quite okay. The only problem is I'm still editing the content. So I'm actually counting on the SEO person to help on this as well, because they obviously will know the niche a little bit. So once we recruit that person, it should be helping a bit. I still think our site structure, it's like our site structure, like the idea is here, like the category pages are here, etc. Like the, it's all categorized properly and so on. But we need to build subcategory pages and like proper hub pages, not just like rent, like list of posts. So I think we can do better on Atari Hacker for that. And I think uh, another weak point is there's still a lot of outdated content. Like we just, I think next year we'll try to update more and produce less new blog posts and be more strategic on the blog posts that we create. I think this year we, this year, like it's funny, like we got into the data stuff, et cetera. And I honestly, it was fun. And like, I wanted to like provide this to the industry, but the level of traction we got from this was, was okay. I think it's okay for links, but in terms of like interest, like I do feel that in this niche, in this niche people are less interested in reading really long blog posts anymore. They'd rather have podcasts and videos. We can definitely see that. So actually that's what we're going to do next year. We're going to focus more on podcasts and videos and a little bit less on really long blog posts. I know some people will be like, oh, but I prefer long content, etc." But the analytics definitely shows the opposite. So yeah, it's something that we have done on the blog. That's where it's at. Uh, can you update us on where we are on the link building for Toy Hacker as well? So link building this year, we've moved 1,560 linking root domains to around 2,400. So pretty sizable um, increase actually year, year on year. Almost a thousand, yeah. <laughs> Quite a few of those as well are very high DR sites, like in the in the nineties. So we get we got a couple of good Harrow links from American Express, from Template Monster, and we, we've really been actually doing very well with with Harrow in the in, in the last couple of months. A lot of uh, Christmas ones seem to be going live at, at the moment. So yeah, our overall domain rating, our our DR as Ahrefs calculates it. Which is a measure purely of the number of links Ahrefs can can uh, detect going to your site. It's moved from seventy four to seventy five, which doesn't sound like much because it's it's one, but it's a logarithmic scale. So the higher you are up, the greater it's significant. Let's put it that way. If you've ever leveled up in a game and got close to max level, you know what we're talking about. It, it's not so much. So I, w- I wouldn't say that our link building we've like knocked out of the park this year. We've done okay. Uh, we've we've made a bit of a transition to like the high, very high DR stuff, because that has been moving the needle more for us. We're definitely going to be doing a lot more in 2020 in terms of high end outreach, digital PR, using tools like Pitchbox a lot more to uh, to to sort of manage and control all our our outreach and get some sort of super targeted with with some of that stuff. Yeah, and the thing is, like, uh, it's worked quite well because if you look at the links and the content, I mean, Notorious Hackers organic traffic is up seventy percent around this year, actually. So, 
pretty good. It's like uh, I've seen bigger increases, but like we already had a base, an okay base traffic for this niche. So I think like uh, there's a lot of low hanging fruits that need to be tackled by the SEO person when we hire them. But the, these links are definitely building a nice base to like take some more uh, presence on subs. So it's been doing okay. It's like it's HF doesn't really show that, but like the the analytics like looks decent to be honest. I'm pretty happy overall. Let's talk about the podcast because I guess podcast listeners care about the podcast. If you listen to this episode, the the year end review 2018, you heard us make a, a pretty big set a pretty big goal, which was to release 50 podcast episodes in 2019. And the reason we set that goal is because in 2018, we were a little bit more or a lot more, let's be honest, sporadic with our podcast release. So we would sometimes go two or three weeks without releasing an episode. It was inconsistent. Sometimes it would be a Monday. Sometimes we'd mess something up. So we'd wait till Wednesday to release. It was a bit all over the place. And this year, we set a goal to release 50 episodes in 2019. So that's basically one a week minus Christmas and New Year. And this episode you're listening to is number 51 and we will be releasing an episode next week as well so we're we're doing every single monday every single week this year and we have achieved that so that consistency and just having that goal around the the objective had really helped us in times where we would never have actually made the effort to do it i mean it's it's christmas next week as we record this but we're recording another episode for early January on Saturday uh, and another one on Monday mornings just so we can get it all done and everything's still going to have going to be on time and there's no risk to the the production schedule. So that's helped us just having that goal to do so many podcasts has, has really helped us. How has that impacted the results? Well, to be honest, not so well. We're doing about 33% more listens year on year, but We've also produced about 33% more episodes compared to last year. So what that tells us is that we are not really growing the number of listeners per show at the, at the moment, at least. So while we're quite happy with the, the format of the, the podcast and we definitely hear a lot of like very positive things from, from you guys about it, we do feel that our marketing of our podcast is probably quite poor at the moment. Yeah, it's awful. It really sucks. Let's let let's not sugarcoat it. It's catastrophic. Yeah. So that is something we are going to be focusing more on next year. And again, we're going to need to be hiring some people to help us do a couple of these things. But we are going to be promoting our show a lot more. We're going to be introducing like some fun clips and maybe some quotes and some videos. So as we're recording this, we're actually filming it now. And we just spent the last three days here in, in my house setting up a big video studio. Gail's setting up the exact same thing in his place. And it's going to open a lot more doors for, for what we can do. We're even talking about maybe live streaming the, the initial recording and running you know ads to the some of the videos. And there's a lot more options we can do. And we're also looking to, A, have more guests on the show, more interesting guests, not just people who want to promote something. We do get pitched a lot, but we're, we're looking for more just genuinely like high-end, interesting people. I think it's guests we invite, not guests that ask to join the show usually. Like that's usually how it works. You know, I've, I've also found like a lot of my just friends and contacts and people I, people I kind of know in the industry have emailed me saying, hey, you should interview so-and-so. 
and I've looked this person up, never heard of them before. And yeah, they've been been really interesting and, and we, we've done it. So if anyone's listening and knows someone who's like genuinely would be amazing on our show, send us a message and, and, and let us know. We would be curious to, to hear who you guys want to have on. And, and us ourselves, we're going to be going on more podcasts, like other people's podcasts as well, as a way of promoting our podcast. Yeah. I think that's the goal the next year. Like we kind of like figure out the consistency. We need to increase production quality, which we're doing with like these new microphones. And like now we're filming on like proper DSLRs and everything, etc. Actually, mirrorless, not DSLR. And uh, next year is like marketing it and video and production. Basically, that's the two things that we'll probably focus on. At some point, we had to talk about making it daily. I'm not sure we'll do that. I think we should run the trial for like uh, for like two weeks or something. Yeah. So this is like one of the problems with our podcast is it's so long. I mean, it's by far. I mean, maybe not. It's not hardcore history long, but it's it's one of the longest podcasts I certainly know or I follow. We regularly go over one hour in in length, and we ramble a lot, and we just have a lot to talk about. When we could actually break it up into like a, a daily show, so like five points about I don't know SEO predictions for 2020, and then like one per episode, one per day kind of thing. That's not to say we ju- we just want to like be like Neil Patel or anything, but there's something that's maybe worth experimenting there. We have tried this before in advance of some of our launches a few years ago, and people liked it. So we might experiment with the format from time to time, but we're, we're conscious that. Everyone listening here, you know, you guys have been very supportive of, of everything you, you do. And we get a lot of very good things said to us and indirectly hear about it, about the podcast. So we, we don't want to kind of go all cheesy and we're not, we're not about to, to stick a bunch of ads for um, Shopify or whatever. You whatever. should use Bluehost if you want to increase your site speed. Does it not look, okay, no, not happening. But like, we don't want to set up, but we also want to experiment to like reach more people, which I think... Most people that listen to this podcast should understand that. So that is kind of the plan. Pretty excited for that. Let's talk about conferences, events, that kind of stuff, right? So this year we spoke at DMSS, Chiang Mai, SEO. DMSS was in Bali. Chiang Mai SEO was obviously in Chiang Mai. And I actually talked at uh, DCX Budapest as well in the summer. So I did three speaking gigs. And it's probably the worst number of speaking gigs you can have in a year because it's enough to disturb you away from your work multiple times but not enough to actually have a massive impact on like whatever you do i can definitely see when i go to these events that like there's the speakers that literally speak at every event it's kind of like a circus that goes from city to city you know uh, <laughs> okay all those speakers will hate me now but you get the idea you get the idea like it's basically like you either make this a sizable part of your business or you don't do it basically like it's like uh, working for like weeks on like one talk and doing it one time is kind of shit yeah i spent um, a lot of time working on my dmss talk and you know i said it once and a bunch of people heard it seemed to enjoy it but could that time have been better spent making more content for authority hacker or building new blueprints for our course or, or whatever potentially so it's kind of like you either have to go all in and go to a bunch of conferences and reuse, not exactly, but you can make small tweaks to the same general presentation, um, not not speak. So I, I think we're, in fact, definitely next year, we're, we're not speaking at these conferences because it's just... We'll come and hang out. Like we can, I'm happy to have discussions with people. I'm happy to even like have like mini masterminds, like kind of like events still, but like I don't want to spend three weeks preparing a talk, et cetera. And... The truth is, 
because I worked quite a bit on paid traffic this year, I know I can reach a lot of people that like in a much faster way by creating online content. It's not the same, right? It's like definitely like when you have someone's undivided attention for 45 minutes when you're on stage, it's a lot more valuable than like your three seconds Facebook ad view, a Facebook ad view. But it's something that we'll probably try. It's like um, it's it it was basically like we either double down on speaking or we just don't do it. And for now, we're just gonna take a bit of a break from it, but we'll still show up at some live events. Basically, I think. I mean, my favorite part of Chiang Mai SEO was kind of like the the events that we had that were like informal, etc. Like speaking, honestly, like I did it and then I was done, and then honestly, we just went to shoot testimonials and I didn't even have time to breathe, you know. So it's like I don't really care about being a guru or anything like that. So it's not something that I I care too much about. But talking about real life events. One thing that we've mentioned is we'd like to create like more kind of like small events just for like for Toy Hacker readers, members, Toy System members, etc. Because we really liked it that much and we would like to hang out with the people, etc. So we're not starting a conference just so like don't anyone like to think think we are. We feel like peer pressure on this a bit. Yeah, a lot of people are asking us to do this. We are not starting a conference, but we may hold some like more informal kind of meetups, let's call it that way um around some of these bigger events next year i might uh you know one thing i'm gonna say that live and you're gonna hate it but uh i'm, I'm considering just telling each atari hacker members to come to the dcx budapest this summer and just hang out outside of it or something and do the same as Changma or something so i'll be there i'll be in dcx budapest so if you want to come hang out just go you can go if you're not a member but yeah we'll probably do that kind of stuff just hang out on the side of like other other people's events again because we want to focus on like we have some sites that we want to grow next year we still want to uh, add more content to HPro. We want to increase this podcast stuff and like do increase our production quality, etc. And the truth is, for this to happen, it's not us being at events that matters. It's actually us being locked in our offices and doing a bunch of work and recruiting people and, and managing them, etc. And so that's what we're going to do next year. Sounds, you know, so some people it might sound boring, but like I'm excited to do more of what we want to do, you know? For sure, for sure. And and the idea of organizing a conference, I mean, everyone who runs conferences tells us it sucks organizing it. It's like, it's a hard thing to do and it takes a lot of time. It's hard to sort of measure the, the reward from it and stuff. So yeah, it's not our core competency. We're, we're not about to, to get into that. We want to do more of what we're good at, basically. I think I think that's quite important. It's like online content. It's like creating courses. That It's like we enjoy that. People like it. We want to do more of that. And the podcast as well, people like it, so we'll do more of that. But the stuff that we're kind of okay at, but not really like standing out, then we might as well just let other people do it, you know? Anything else that we need to recap on? Because I feel like we hit most topics, no? Yeah, I think we've we've covered most of it, really. All right. Any final words of wisdom for the end of the year to people, like some kind of like resolution recommendations or something like that? So Mark didn't drink alcohol for over a year and a half now. Would you recommend that to people who listen to this podcast? I mean, it depends on your goals, right? I don't want to get all preachy about it, but basically if you want to get a lot of stuff done, like work-wise and even in your personal life, I just do a lot of stuff. Alcohol kind of slows you down to a certain extent, but at the same time, it's also, it, it's like a social lubricant. So it can open up some doors and, you know, help you make bond with people and make friendships and stuff. So it's harder to do that in some situations without alcohol. I don't know why when you say that, I have the image <laughs> of Greg from Empire Flipper yeah, in my head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, that, that is a little bit off topic. Yeah, okay. What kind of resolution could I make for you? I, I would say focus on a few projects and do them really well because we're like we're definitely entering a world that's becoming more and more competitive when it comes to authority sites. And there's a, a large degree of professionalization. I've been saying that for years, but now you can, I think this year we really felt it. Uh, well, large sites start like eat more and more search results, search traffic, et cetera. And that's essentially that professionalization of the market. And so it's like, there's still a bunch of niches, like hobby niches, especially where you can compete with kind of a shitty site, et cetera. But if you enter a market that's remotely competitive, which is a good idea in terms of revenue, if you want to build a big site, it's nice to be like, these usually the, the, the competitive markets, they are competitive because you can make a lot of money. Then you need to, to go all in on that. And that's why, for example, we sold that site at the beginning of the year because we, we understood that and we were like, well, we cannot do everything we're trying to do properly. And what we're going to end up with is a bunch of average stuff that makes 20% of the money it should make because it's average. Like the, 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 low, like the people that are not in the top 10% will make less money. The people that are in the top 10% will make more money. And you want to be in the top 10% at something. And so my recommendation is make the resolution of focusing on one or two things. And don't try to do too much at the same time. You will, it's scary because you're essentially putting all your eggs in the same basket. But it's also the most viable strategy for faster and better results. Just to add to that as well. So I, I think it was earlier this year, I recorded an interview with Tan from AsianEfficiency.com. And one of the really interesting things he said on that, like really, really stuck home with me is that a lot of people, when they start doing well in business, the first thing they think about is diversification because they're worried about that success going away or them losing out so they on, on whatever it is they're making. So they, they start other projects, they start new businesses, they, they do other things. When the best course of action for them is to double down and while you have while you're onto a winner, while you've hit, hit the gold mine, while something is working well for you, to exploit that, to make a go of it, to really focus all your energy on maximizing your gain from, from that one, one activity. And that was a big regret that, that Tan had from a previous business of, a business of his that was going well, but he didn't make the most of it at, at the time. So if you're in a stage where your authority site is doing well, what should be on your mind is to how can I how can I maximize this? How can I take this further? Not how can I start twenty other sites to stop uh, the, the downside. So I think we're going to end up here. I think it's a great end for the last episode of the year. So guys, thanks for listening. It's not, it's not actually the last episode of the year. It's the, it's the second last one. We have one coming out on Monday, the, the um, Monday the thirtieth of December as well. This one, uh, as you're listening to it, comes out on the twenty third. So if you're listening to it on the day it comes out, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Okay. So it's not the last episode of the year and Merry Christmas. And still a good thing, if it's the last episode you listen to this year because you're busy between Christmas and New Year, <laughs> then yeah, I think that's a good place to end it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll see you one more time this year, next week. And we will have podcasts all of through January as well. I'll be doing quite a few of them because Mark is going on honeymoon actually. So I'll be doing a bunch of interviews and so on. If you haven't subscribed yet, don't forget to subscribe. Drop us a review. If you haven't dropped us a review as well, that really helps us get more rich. As you can hear, it's one of our goals. So that would help. And that's it. Thank you for listening. Have a good Christmas. Bye.